friendship started in 1949. Um, the original BA actually says something like, it was felt that a comprehensive scheme could be drawn together uh, and modified where necessary to suit any particular demands or any particular trade or special circumstances. And then it goes on uh, to list construction, engineering, um, those kinds of professions. But but since then, um, it has grown. So if we think that's 74 years ago, and if mm. I just think about that for the moment, um, the original campus that we, we're in now, the Coutanger campus, mm. was built as a result of the expanding apprenticeship. Prior to that, it was in uh, Grange Road, um, in the old education mm-hmm. building there, that's where apprenticeships were. And the new construction of the Coutanger campus was purposefully for the expansion of the apprenticeship programme, and that was opened in 1976. So if you think about, if I just think about the last 74 years, probably there's been over thousand five um, people that have been qualified as professionals um, in the apprenticeship scheme. There's probably something like 60,000 lots of exams that have been taken, maybe 450,000 types of assessments, um, and maybe over 800,000 lessons that have been done that are all part of the apprenticeship. But I think it's much more than that. Yeah. So if you think about the last 74 years, um, Apprenticeship started initially mainly in construction engineering. So if you think about every building that has been built in the last 74 years, almost certainly it would have had an apprentice working on that building. Every haircut that has been done, you know, meals that we eat in our beautiful restaurants, all of those places will have had at some point an apprentice working in them. When the scheme started, it would have been construction and engineering would have been the lead. Yeah, I'm guessing gardening, horticulture. horticulture. There must be such a wide variety. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So at the moment we have 18 different professional pathways, um, construction and engineering professional pathways, and often we see from our alumni that people may have started um, a construction um, apprenticeship but actually have gone on to have their own business um, and in some cases are chief executives of much bigger businesses. Um, So it's a really good place to start your career but also for people that might be thinking of changing career to get those professional qualifications, expertise and real um, finely tuned skills in any given profession. So yeah, we've got 18 different pathways, obviously the construction engineering ones. Um, We also have uh, hairdressing, hospitality, um, which is the professional chef qualifications, but also hospitality supervisor. So uh, for those people that are working either in restaurant or hotels, offering the sort of front of house service. Um, We have new apprenticeships for us, um, relatively new in retail, um, early years, adult care, um, as well as horticulture you've mentioned. Um, So a huge range of different apprenticeships and in construction there's a number of different professional pathways. 
Um, so we've got carpentry and joinery, built environment, which is architectural technology, okay. um, plumbing, painting and decorating, trowel trades, and then in engineering, of course, we've got motor vehicle technology, manufacturing engineering, fabrication and welding, and electrotechnical technology. That's a mouthful, but that's to qualify as a professional electrician. So a huge range. They sound like they have such different skill sets attached to each of them. Some of them sound like they'd be almost creative, like in my mind, to be a carpenter or a painter and decorator. You would have to be creative to be able to visualise what you're working on. But I'm guessing, and the same obviously for hairdressing and beauty and, and horticulture, but I'm guessing there's academic um, intelligence needed as well. Because if you're working in carpentry, presumably you need to be able to kind of think of the equations needed to yeah. do the build that you're yeah. working on. I'm really glad you asked me that because vocational, technical and professional education is not not academic. Mm. And what I mean by that is in order to do something, you have to know something. You have to know how to do it and you have to know what happens if you don't do it right. And you also have to be able to apply that learning mm. to every given um, specific circumstance so yes there's a huge amount of theoretical knowledge and understanding which has to underpin any practical action that's happening um, and that's the brilliant thing about apprenticeship style of learning is not only are you getting all that um, technical understanding and underpinning theory from the college's perspective mm. as well as some of the practical tasks mm. that you you need to do but you're just embedding that in your workplace with the support of your yeah. employer and that it's a beautiful sort of three-way relationship really between the employer the apprentice and and the college where where, where all of those things are critical to the success mm. of that learning in my mind and i'm I guess you're going to tell me this is incorrect, but um, my mind conjures up an image of an apprentice as being a young adult, late teens, male, and working with their hands, as, you, as we've said, into construction. But you mentioned just before that actually apprenticeships are open to people wanting a change of career. So does that mean that you can sign up to one of the courses if you're perhaps later in life, if you've already had a career in one industry, you don't have to be the young the young man who wants to go and work in construction yeah a really good really good point that actually the average age of our apprentices is about 26 our oldest apprentice at the moment is 54 so somebody that has wanted to do a career change and gain those professional knowledge and skills in in that professional sector so yes we do have 16 year olds that come out of school and um, manage to attain a job with an employer who then signs them up to the apprenticeship scheme but we also have people in their sort of mid-twenties, thirties, forties who um, may be working in the sector but their employer then sponsors them to get those professional um, skills and qualifications which then will allow them to progress in that industry so it is it is all ages and it is all genders as well um, we do have female students working in construction and engineering um, we'd like more um, and I think the industry would like uh, more but yes we do we do have um, 
female students working in 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 those industries but we also have got a variety of different apprenticeships so if I think about retail and if I think about early years and and the adult care apprenticeship um, they they are often perhaps more female orientated but not always absolutely not always and I'm just thinking as well that in the past the College of Further Education has been involved is it with the STEM days yes, which is about weird. getting wi- women and girls yeah. into those kind of the engineering world yeah. and that's been very successful hasn't it and you said more girls and young women older women you know are being encouraged to enter you know construction and engineering as well as I'm guessing more men um to do the hairdressing and the childcare courses they're all open to everybody you said absolutely absolutely yeah and you mentioned uh, International Women in Engineering Day which we, is a, an event that we usually ha- host on an annual basis and it is about encouraging um, more young women and girls into engineering and, and STEM subjects and, and we know don't we that actually diversity in a workforce brings so much um, it's yeah. different ways of thinking different ways of seeing problems um, and a really good creative ambitious workforce is a diverse workforce so Yes, there's no particular, um, there should be no barrier for anybody who's interested in gaining those professional skills and entering an industry. Um, And I know that our employer partners would be saying exactly the same thing. It works as a three-way partnership, is it, between the student, the employer and the college? Yes. Good question. So the apprentice, if you're interested in learning through an apprenticeship you have to attain a job with an employer and it's the employer that registers um, with us as an apprentice employer and then will release you back to do your program of study whether that's one day a week or a, a evening a week depending on the professional pathway that you've chosen and it is very much a three-way relationship and that's a really critical part because it's 20% off the job um, and in that time when you're in college you're learning all the theoretical um, underpinning skills, the critical thinking, problem solving skills but you're also then able to apply that in the workplace which embeds that learning further and so what we what we know is that challenges that apprentices have in the workplace they're able to bring back in to college to talk through with their teaching team and challenges that we might provide the apprentice they're able to take back into work and work with their employers to support them to find the answers to those challenges and that really sort of cements Mm. the learning and the technical professional skills that you might need and I think the other really different thing about an apprentice um, is that you're because you're working effectively full-time you're completely immersed in that um, professional community so all the behaviours and the language and the skills that we all have in different professional sectors there's a way of I'm sure there's a way of talking in your industry that you know the, the words and the phrases that you use that is understood by your industry well as an apprentice of course you're you're immersed in that industry all the time so you're picking up all of that behaviour that professional behaviour that it, you're, you need to excel in that industry so that relationship between those three important parts is is really critical to success. 
it seems to be that there's so many reasons why students would want to do it. Yeah. But I'm guessing that the courses have all evolved over time. Does it change based on feedback from each year, one year to the next? Or is it done more widely based on kind of teacher feedback and industry demands? Yeah. Industry demand is the primary driving force of how we create an apprenticeship and how we might adjust mm. an apprenticeship because... The bottom line, I suppose, is that an apprenticeship is designed to meet the needs of an industry. And if we're not doing what is current in practice, then we're we're not doing the right service to our students and our employer partners. So I'll give you a really good example. Um, last year, we launched a new apprenticeship working with a number of different employer sectors called the Island Operative. And it was as a result of a number of different uh, employers coming to us and saying this is what we need we need a, a, a an apprenticeship program that that does these things has these skills has these qualifications has these um technical expertise within it and together we were able to co-create that curriculum which met local industry demands also met the 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 apprentice demand and um we know that that service, those apprentices are, you know, future-proofing the technical skills and expertise for, for those industries. Yeah. So it is very much um, a partnership working with lo local employers and making sure that the curriculum that we put on is what they need. And if there's something that we're not doing, then adjusting the curriculum yeah. accordingly. And you mentioned earlier um, about some of your success stories. And I'm guessing a lot of the people industry leaders in Guernsey today are former apprentices. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. So when we had our 70-year anniversary, we did a, a call-out for um, alumni apprentices to see if we could get 70 from the 70 years that... Um, it had been in existence and we didn't we didn't do too badly i think i think we got something like 59 or 60 um the the um oldest apprentice that we had at that time had done his apprenticeship in 1954 i think wow. so quite soon after yeah. apprenticeship opened up and he was an electrical apprentice but um, there's a huge number of people in our community, well-known names and faces that ha started their career as um, apprentices. And in fact, quite a number of our lecturers um, started their career as apprentices yeah. in Guernsey. And even our director of apprenticeships was an apprentice himself in the college. So um, it's a, it's, it sets you up for lifelong uh, career um, or if you're a mid-career changer, you know, for the next steps, yeah. yeah. So how, how does that work if you are mid-career then? As you said, your, your oldest apprentice currently is in their 50s. If you were thinking, well, actually, I fancy a change of career, but I've never learnt how to do that that I'm really interested in, yeah. what's the first step? Is it just to make contact with the college and make that inquiry? Yeah, so you could make contact with us, um, we have a number of open events during the year, so you know you could always come in or just email um, future at gcfe.net and someone will answer your inquiry. But we work 
you probably gathered that we work really closely with employers and so we do on our website we have employer vacancies as well so if employers are looking for apprentices we're able to post them on our website Um, and what we try and do is do a matching process as well so if we know we've got um, four people that are really interested in let's say becoming an electrician Mm -hmm. we'll do a shout out to uh, our apprentice employer partners to see if yeah. anybody's recruiting and then see if you know if there's a if there's a match there um because the apprentice is fully employed that's the starting point is to get a yeah. job in the industry that you want to learn um and lots of employers will be recruiting for apprentices you know we'll see adverts for an apprentice um in, in a variety of different professions the number of courses has expanded hugely over the 74 years are there any more to come any different areas to expand into for apprentices or would-be apprentices in the island yes so um we're in constant conversation with um industry as as broad as that really at the moment we have been doing some um, more detailed work um looking at the possibility of a project management apprenticeship project management is something that appears in all sorts of different sectors and um, we had a engagement event um, before Christmas and it seems that there there may be an interest in that now that would be a higher education apprenticeship so perhaps um, more better described as a an executive apprenticeship I suppose Um, so that's we're, we're in discussion with the professional sector uh, body and also other employers about whether that really is a, a need for the island. Yeah. Um, we're also looking at administration apprenticeships potentially um, as a as a uh, island with uh, a big finance industry, a big civil service industry, you know, uh, uh, and many other sectors that support those administration is one of the the big areas of employment on the island and so we're we're working with employers to see whether that would be viable we've also um started to explore whether warehousing and logistics may also be another area for apprenticeship so really anybody that's listening to this if if they're from an employer sector that i haven't mentioned but they think you know actually I think an apprenticeship in my professional area would be really useful um, then yeah do get in touch and we know actually from international research that if you have an apprentice in your business you're more likely to retain them so you know we know that there's lots of employment gaps don't we currently in 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 our community um uh, the research around apprentices say apprenticeship says that if you have someone your retention of that member of staff is likely to be longer you also become a more attractive employer for other jobs you know for other people Mm -hmm. to apply to because you're invested in training and development um an apprentice tends to stay with their employer um, and tends to stay and progress. So thinking about long-term succession pa- planning and you know talent pli- pipelines, yeah. that's a mouthful to say, um, an apprenticeship is a really good fit for our context where we know that 
we've we always seems to ha have a, a shortage yeah. of people applying for jobs and I know from from my work and I'm sure you're the same every employer that you speak mm -hmm. to yeah. is is got vacancies or is struggling to recruit and I think it's it would be quite easy to prove that actually for many employers retaining staff is less about kind of what they're earning and things like that but more about actually the value placed in the staff so I guess it comes back to what you were saying about apprentices you maybe they feel nurtured and supported by their employer and that's why they'd be more likely to stay with them long term absolutely absolutely you know thinking about what I was talking about that relationship every apprentice has to have a mentor that's part of the apprenticeship agreement and that mentor has to be someone that has the same professional qualifications that the apprentice is training for so there's a really good um, professional relationship of support there immediately as soon as that person starts that training and um, as you're in training as an apprenticeship, all that coaching and support and development, it does give an enriching experience for somebody that's on that kind of program. And I think also that leads to a sense of loyalty to your employer and, and that you, you, know, you want to stay in that business because you've been afforded all of those yeah. opportunities and support. So in terms of um, employers and students signing up then for apprentices, how does the course work? Do they tend to start in September and run through the normal academic year? Um, is there a kind of a pattern to the length of course? Are some longer than others? Yeah, so um, depending on who you are, at what stage in your life, um, for our 16-year-olds, let's say our year 11 leavers that are interested in apprenticeship, right at this very moment, we're in the middle of our recruitment for next academic year, so for this September. Um, and we're in schools with our sixth form centre partner um, talking to young people about their opportunities. And very soon they'll have an application process that they'll um, be going through and they, at that point, can apply for an apprenticeship. Um, once we've got those applications in, we'll, that's when we'll start to see do a matching process with our employer partners to see if any of our employers yeah. are interested in taking on an apprentice. So that's really happens for the for the the younger apprentices. For people that are out there in the community and maybe listening, thinking, do you know what? I'm really interested in adult care. Yeah. How do I go about yeah. that? I suggest first of all give us a call and um, we can talk to you. Also look at our website to see if we've got any vacancies, and then start talking to the industry you know saying that you're interested in in these uh, that profession um, you asked me do they all start in September no they don't um, some of our apprenticeships are what we might call roll-on roll-offs they start at any time um, some of them because of um, what's right for industry might not start in September. Our hospitality supervisor, for example, um, we've been able to flex that start because it's the right thing for industry. Um, and in terms of the duration, that is really dependent on the professional pathway that you're going down. So the longest apprenticeship we have is five years, and that's electrotechnical technology. Um, so obviously that's a regulated course. It's professional te uh, electrician. Um, that's five years in duration, but we do have some apprenticeships that are only a year. 
are all of the qualifications portable? Can they be, are they recognised off island, I mean, or are they Guernsey qualifications for Guernsey employers? And again, that depends on your professional pathway. So all of the qualifications that we put in, and remember that the qualifications are dictated by the local employers. So all the qualifications that we put in are recognised in England. So they're English qualifications because actually as a jurisdiction we mostly follow English qualifications or obviously there's the international baccalaureate that the sixth form does um, offers so all of the qualifications are um, recognized in in England and therefore by the virtue of that would be recognized worldwide however there there is always some particular requirements of any other nation around um, some of the competency-based qualifications that we have. So it may be that if somebody wants to go and work in South Korea, for example, they may need to do some sort of conversion, but the the qualification is an English-recognised qualification, if you like. But in terms of setting yourself up for your career and your own future, it really does give you a ticket to anywhere. Potentially, yes, absolutely, potentially, because you've got all of, all of that knowledge, skills and expertise. Um, I think one of the things that's very important is that the vast majority of our apprentices, when we've looked at destinations, are staying locally. And, and um, there, I think there's something very important about um, the sense of place and... Um, belonging that our community offers um, and the possibility of career progression um, that our community offers as well. So um, whilst, yes, we do have apprentices that have gone gone off overseas, if I looked back, the vast majority have stayed here and and, um, had their own amazing careers.